Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. SEN has you covered. Find your channel on the SEN app today. Which oil keeps your business moving? Farmers and fleet managers, they know. Construction crews and car mechanics, they know. And you know. Valvoline, the original engine oil. Having a bet on the UFC this week? Top this. It's time to throw down with the bookie that backs you in. Whether you're a fan of the featherweights or love the haymakers from the heavyweights, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today and bet your way. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Call time with Katie Brown, Fridays from midday, right here on SEN 1170, Sydney's home of sport. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. The Isuzu MUX is born to tow. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Crunch time brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu D-Max is born to tell. You can call. Remember, you set the program. The call number 1300 Text 0457 736 736. You can tweet us at 1170SEM. We welcome our listeners, however you're tuning in through the back line. 1170SEM in Sydney, 1620 AM SEN on the Gold Coast. Our listeners on 693SENQ. New listeners to the program. We welcome you in Queensland as those as well as those on the app and those belatedly via the podcast. Adrian Prezenko is the Sydney Morning Herald Chief League Reporter. James Magnuson is the Chief Storyteller leading up to 12 o'clock. I tell you what, <laughs> this show will be good 12 to 2, but you should hear one day, 11.55 to 12. That's oh. when our man Magnuson, Adrian, is at peak performance. <laughs> Absolutely. Some of the uh, stories, unfortunately, yeah. won't be going to air and yeah. uh, never should. So. No. Maybe That's, we can put them behind like a paywall or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yes. like an OnlyFans content. Yeah. Adults only edition, <laughs> yes. After dark. Text line 0457 736 736. Hit us with an aubergine if we need to have Magnuson's uh, gems on a private podcast. Hit us with an aubergine if you're behind that. If we get enough aubergines, we might be able to take that to Hutchie to see what we can happen there. Uh, Adrian, your team Parramatta got home last night. Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, they did just enough, didn't they, Joey? Yeah. Um, like, I didn't feel that they were in trouble at any time, but I don't think uh, Super Coach Brad Arthur would have been too happy with those couple of late tries. And I think we, we saw little glimpses of some Sevo uh, brilliance, mm. and he needs to score probably a dozen tries at the back end of this year to uh, for that team to go and do something. They just need that strike and X factor. And we saw him... 
I thought he was off and away, Joey. Mm. Uh, he, he, he was running down the field and it looked like after he got that intercept that he'd either go over Harris Tavita or run around him, but ended up dishing off to, to Bailey Simonson to score. But he is coming off, um, you know, a serious ACL injury, but he needs to get some match fitness and some form um, if they're going to do anything in this competition. Totally agree. Now, your man, uh, the analyst, okay, mm. so he came up with this stat and... It rings true, right? So, and it's super coach. I know super coach is not the real world, but it does leave clues. So ACL, he had the ACL injury, did Mike Acevo, right? Yep. Roger Tuovasashek, and we've seen many, 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 many players have an ACL injury. Roger Tuovasashek is the only player in history to get super coach points higher than what they once had before in ACL. In other words, it well, goes oh. to show it's super coach mm. only. Yeah, yeah. But there might be a story in it That's because it's very telling, isn't it? Well, it mm. is telling. That's mm. how bloody hard they are to recover have from. You had an ACL? No, touch wood. My brother did his debut game. If you Google it, he so he has the ball at the forty meter line, and to the left hand side. Now, Kobe and I are living over at France at the time. There was no KO and all those sorts of things. So we're refreshing NRL stats via the web. And after 53 minutes, I'll never forget it. Tony Kane, he was 18, very sought after junior. Uh, two runs, two tackles. Refresh, two runs, two tackles. Refresh, two runs, two tackles. Refresh, two runs, two tackles. It hadn't changed. And I said, oh, Kobe, maybe the if he's playing hooker, those stats will accumulate. And I said to Kobe, maybe um, it's a glitch, but everyone else's stats kept moving. Uh, and I thought, oh, we're in oh, trouble here. Oh. So he was four minutes into his debut Gets out of dummy half. Brett Kamali, the then Australian halfback, screaming for the ball, right? So he probably knows when he wants the ball, the Australian halfback, Brett Kamali. Tones has got onto the field and he looks down the red stripe of the 40-20. He's at his feet and he can see an opportunity for a 40-20. So instead of going to Noddy, he goes out to the short side to go for the 40-20. Steve Price dives into his knees, the Warriors forward, and hits his knees and Tones given this big kick with gusto and his foot keeps going up towards his nose, but his knee stays there. Oh. Uh. Um, they said he'd never, ever play again. And this is a really good story. Nathan Brown, the Dragons coach at the time, had done a handshake deal with Tone to join him the next year. Handshake deal. And he had eight clubs after him. As soon as that happened, he had a whole full page in the Daily Telegraph, front page of the sport. Danny Badiris reached out to him. People were saying he'd be the next Danny Badiris. And to his credit, Danny reached out to him, but there was all the photos of the operation and they said he'd never play again. Nathan Brown rings him up and says, handshake's a handshake, mate. He said, wow. contract's in the mail. Right, I don't care if you play or you don't play. Handshake's a handshake. So credit to Nathan Brown. So what happened was, Tome wanted to repay him. So every time he went around to his house, he'd be on a Swiss ball against the wall doing all these exercises. Mm. Told he'd never play again. Fast track to... Round one the following year on the Gold Coast, number nine for the Dragons, Tony Kane, starting hooker. Right? Oh, wow. So played out the season, oh, got wow. a bump. It was a massive contract for an 18-year-old, right? Yeah. So he walks into Brownie's office after the first year. He's got a two-year deal on massive money for an 18-year-old, and he can't give any more. He, he gave his absolute all for 12 months, and he says to Brownie, and this is one of the most proudest things I have of him, he says, and he now 19, he says, Brownie, I've given my all for you. You backed me, handshake deal. You didn't need to do that. You gave me the contract. He said, and Brownie was under the pump at the time. So he said, I want to rip this contract up. And he rips the contract up in front of Brownie, right? And he says, 
mate, I can't give you any more next year. He said, go and spend it on someone who you need in whatever position. He said, I'm out. Uh, I appreciate you backing me. I want to back you now. And he walks out. So oh, he wow. walked away from a wow. mega contract. It was wow. to the tune of about 200000 Yeah. as a 19-year-old. Yeah. Brownie got him with a handshake and he yeah, returned yeah. the favour 12 months later. Wow. Well, wow. We saw um, Joel last night, uh, Connor Tracy, three ACLs. He's a guy who yep. started his football as a half. Yep. And now he's in the three quarters mm-hmm. where obviously the, the load and, and the, you know, the running and the distance and the speed is so much more of a factor. And and to see him come back from that, I think it's one of the yeah, most incredible story. stories. And he still looks sharp, doesn't oh, he? Oh yes. For someone who's endured so much, as he punches above his weight, oh, he goes into contact yeah. full bore. Yeah. One other ACL on the while we're on the topic, um, Pat Carrigan has just come back from an ACL. Has he now? Yeah, he did an ACL last year. I, w- I was reading, um, might have been NRL physio or something like that. So it reckons. That's the quickest return to form he's ever seen from an ACL. In terms of he's gone, well, he's he's increased his form even, yep. hasn't he? He's one mm. of the form forwards in the comp. He's kind of come back from that ACL better. Yeah. Um, different position, right? You don't have to be as dynamic yeah. in, in the front row um, where he plays, but really impressive from him as well. And he probably walks into an Australian jersey now, doesn't well, he? Well, you have to. I, I don't think there's been a Wally Lewis medal, Wally Lewis medal. in the history of the game who's not got an Australian jumper, has there, Adrian? Not, not that I'm aware of. Mm. So just on that, <laughs> you know, the hyperbole that gets around when it comes to origin and rugby league, and, and we're already picking teams for bloody state of origin one next year. <laughs> but anyway, um, after game one, the world was in rupture. You know, some people, we had text messages saying, Cameron Munster, future immortal, blah, 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 right? Then we get a state of origin number two. Nathan Cleary, the greatest origin player we've ever seen. He's done yeah. more equal to what Andrew Johns has done. And, and yeah. this is no disrespect to Nathan Cleary or Munster. But at the end of the day, the best player on the planet turns out to be Paddy Carrigan. <laughs> 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 on, on a reconstructed knee. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, well done to Paddy Carrigan. Fair enough, Wally Lewis medal. Yeah. Winner. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Probably uh, Bees Dick in front of Callum Ponger. The blanket finish. I, I reckon James Tedesco was – he was consistently good yeah. in all of those games. Mm, yeah. And he ran for, I think, 250 metres, and he was the reason why New South Wales came so close to, to winning the series. You know, the Teddy thing is really interesting, right? Really, really interesting. And, and I'd be torn as a coach for both Brad Fittler and Trent Robinson. The numbers he spews out are immense, right? Yeah. But it's back of the field numbers. Um He's not a try-assist merchant, not scoring heaps of tries. Like, sometimes, and, and and it's really hard because he's given you so much, but sometimes I think, and I hate saying this because I love James Tedesco, but do you get more output from a Pappenhausen? Or do you, you know, like, Ooh. who, who they, they turn the dial. Like, Caelan yeah. Ponga. Caelan yeah. Ponga's, how many times did he feature in a try? Are you yeah. suggesting that he needs to be dropped from Origin? No, <laughs> no, I, no. I, you know what? To be honest with you, with those numbers, to be honest with you, beautiful Brian Toto, James Tedesco on a wing, and Ryan Pappenhausen at fullback. For me, that's you can still get what you get out of Teddy on the on the dingling at, at rep level. Pappenhausen over a Latrell or a Fit Turbo. A Fit Turbo is. Oh, otherworldly. Uh, well, uh, hold my beer. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> imagine this back five, seriously. Yeah. Ryan Pappenhausen fullback. Yeah. Toto, Tedesco, Turbo, Latrell. 
Yeah. No further questions, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that, it, it was – I was getting a little bit pissed off leading into Origin when the, the, the rhetoric kept coming out. Queensland's lost their best player. If they do this, it's the biggest win ever, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay – who was the Wally Lewis medalist last year? And who was just behind him? Yeah. Trebojevic and uh, Luttrell. We were without both for the whole season. So yeah. it wasn't, for, for mine, it wasn't going to be an empty victory if we won. Um, obviously devastated that, that Queensland won. But we bring Luttrell and, and Trebojevic back into that game. I'll tell you one thing. We're not having trouble getting off our own line. No. Because they were the two guys that were punching holes in Queensland at will. Um, it's a completely different series with those two. Um, I, I... Okay, to answer it this way, if you're Billy Slater, right, and mm. uh, Billy says, okay, I'm going to do a deal with you, Billy, and this supports what you're saying, but I'm going to up the ante a little bit. If Billy was asked, okay, Billy, you got an opportunity here to keep the teams as is, or we'll take Munster out of your team, but New South Wales take out Trebojevic, Latrell, Mitchell and Payne Haas. Billy would say, where do I sign? You sacrifice Munster. Yeah. Oh, where do I sign? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Do you agree with that? Massively. Imagine, like, how much did we need Payne Haas coming out of our own end? Yeah. Absolutely. We're going, all right, we're pinned down in our own end. Where do we look? Uh, oh, uh, there's Trebojevic. There's Jake Trebojevic. Like, he's not going to break tackles. There's Liam Martin. He's not known yeah. for breaking tackles. Isaiah Yo doesn't really take hit-ups. Like, where do we <laughs> well, look? Well, you, you talk about the analyst. I think he, he was giving me a stat the other ah, day. Be, 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 be. <laughs> he said that he reckons Jake Trebojevic hasn't broken a tackle this yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. so, and... He hasn't, he hasn't missed a tackle, which is perfect well, when trying to contain Queensland, but yeah. when you're stuck in your own end, yeah, yeah, where do, we had nowhere to go to. And then the other thing that, that kind of annoys me, Ben Hunt makes a break. Jeez, it'd be nice to have Josh Adokar screaming across oh, from the yeah, other wing. Yeah. But, oh, but doesn't it now... I mean, everyone's a genius in the Of hindsight, course they are. But the selections weren't right, like particularly for the no. first game. And that's that's where the series, when you look back, was lost, wasn't yep. it? Like had to they win should, that first game. They had to win that first game. They got it wrong. They made, what, half a dozen changes. Yeah. Um, no one can convince me that Josh Adokar shouldn't have been in no. that side from the get-go. No. Um, I'm yeah. not as big on that, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm, But this is what opinions have. I keep saying this. Opinions set the share market, set the property market, betting prices. Mm. It's all based on opinion. I... Uh, yeah, you believe he should have been there. You believe yep. he should have been there also. Yeah, we, we needed something the other night. Yep. We needed something. X factor. Where did we look? It was pretty much Tedesco or bust. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I... Regan Campbell-Gillard, can somebody explain yeah, that but, to me? Yeah, that, no, that's fair enough. But at the end of the day, Jacob Safidi came in. And, and did a job yeah. better than we've ever seen Regan Campbell get on. The only thing was, is... Was it missed... really Jacob? Do you reckon it might have been <laughs> yeah, Daniel? No, and... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was so funny. talking was... to two conspiracy theorists yeah. here. I was, I was talking to one... <laughs> he might have had them both there. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could have had two Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny because um, all of the guys up, up uh, that were covering it up north for us were talking about it in, in the box ahead and they just said, this is the most ridiculous selection or whatever else. And then he's come on and he's made that first run oh, yeah. and he's full of piss and vinegar and they've yeah. just gone, yeah, oh, yeah. my God, he's shown us all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, be, wouldn't that be some story where, all right, we've got an edge here, boys. Uh, we've got an edge <laughs> here on the, on the interchange. Jacob Safidi will play 80 minutes. Right? Yeah. Jake, so, Jacob, just get out there. Give us your best 40 minutes. When you come off, Daniel's going to play the second half. Of yeah. 40 minutes. Wouldn't that be a great story? Could have worked for the Morrises as well. Yeah.
It was actually it was actually Brett that did his ACL, and then Josh covered <laughs> made that cover tackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, have your say. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. The Shark Nado's there. Uh, we need a, a bloke like Rudolph, the Blues. Uh, so Shark, he says Nara. Yeah, Rudolph, is he actually a New South Welshman? I know he spent time up there in Redcliffe. I don't know whether he's a Queenslander. Nah, New South Welshman. Is he? Well, yeah, well, yeah. Well, One of my mates lived in the same building as his family. Um, right. Down Maroubra Way, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, this one coming through from an old Berry. He sent in a Herman S.E.S.E. here. He says an S.E.S.A. <laughs> Hi, Joel, Adrian and Missile. I don't know the name of the number 13 for Queensland. He should have got at least 10 minutes in the sin bin. He's Tino. talking about Tino for Sumala Awi. You could see from the start of the game that he had Burton in his sights. He was the one that concussed Burton in the first half with a high shot, and then he half choked the poor bloke while he got whacked by Gagai. He should be proud of himself. What goes around comes around. He'll get his just desserts one day. I will say this, old Berry. To this point, he's had nothing but dessert. He had the grand final victory with the Melbourne Storm, and he's now had this. Mm. Who's had yeah. – which player – He's had a good run, hasn't which he? Which player has had the best 24 months or so? It might be Kurt Capewell. Yes. Yeah, grand final, Broncos. Yeah, he's had a good – yep. Could be Kurt Capewell. Couple of up, wins. up until this point, it was probably Cleary. Yep. Clive Churchill, grand yep. final, man of the match game too. Fall from grace. Yep. It's, it's probably worth mentioning too, and, and it's been lost in all of it. And, and I can understand some New South Wales fans being aggrieved by the Matt Burden thing and why was he sent off. But that was one of the most torrid, ridiculous games of origin ever. I thought Ashley Klein did an unbelievable job. Like given that they yeah. were at each other all it the time, they were testing him. Yeah, they, were, yeah. you know, they were standing offside. It, it yeah. could have totally spiralled out of control. And we bag referees all the time. I thought he did a tremendous job to, you know, make it the spectacle that it was. Just totally on, agree. Just on that Tino thing. So I I think I think it was in the cheat sheet at the start of the game, Smash Burton. Like when he got the ball that first time, people came flying from every side of the field. I was watching it as a Bulldogs fan going, my God, they're trying to kill Burton tonight. Wonder they're why. To... Wonder why that was the modus operandi. Yeah. I don't know. He had a really good game in game two. Um I, I just think they wanted to take him out of the, out of the game, and they did a bloody good job. Like Gagai coming in, he accidentally trips over into Ponga. People saying that he ran after Ponga and pushed him. Like, give me a break. Nah. Gagai picked <laughs> him out, and then Gagai dusted him while he was held by Tino. Like that was, they they did their job right. Take out Burton, they took out Burton. There'd be one bloke sitting at home, and I know this guy holds grudges. Tavita Pengai Junior hmm. would have been sitting at home going, that's. That's my half. That's that's the guy leading us oh. to the promised land. In I think it's two weeks' time, the Bulldogs play the Titans. Wow. Tell me Tavita Pengai's not sitting there going, I'm gonna get square with you, Tino. Log this Adrian. Yeah. No, seal, rather. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys that takes it real personal. We've seen him and Radley go at each other a couple of times. We've like seen it. yeah, Tavita and uh, Payne Hass have gone at each other a couple of times. He'll be sitting at home just salivating, waiting to get his hands on Tino, I reckon. What about he, – he got he got a hold of one of those bombs. Mm. It was the oh. most towering kick ever executed in the history of Was it better than the game? Would go I reckon to, it was better. I think it might have I been. I think it was better. Yeah. There was even some talk that the operators of Spider Cam had to get a second person <laughs> in yeah. just to make sure it was all – configured in such a way as that if he hoisted one of them, it wouldn't hit one of the wires. What wow. Happen, what happens if he plays at Etihad 
in uh, it's now Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. Could that he? has the closed roof. That'd hit the roof, right? I, I don't know. I, we we need to know the height of it. Um, I do I do not know. I think that'd hit because it went out of view of the stadium. Has anyone in cricket hit? Hit the top. Yeah, they? they have. Oh, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Big Bash, they have. Yeah, yeah. A okay. couple, couple of times. Right. A couple okay. of times. Yeah. Well, maybe you could. And, mm. and of course, indoors, you're going to be probably able to hit it a bit further without yeah. all the climate. Um, Jeezy got you know, that one. He got that one. You know what Murphy. I would love to see? So I went to Denver, where it's you know, oh, literally yes. my high stadium. Yep. Mm. Now I, I went and saw the England versus New Zealand in a Test match. Gareth Widdop. Because of the thin air, the ball travels yep. further. Oh, really? Gareth yeah. would have, I reckon, kicked out on the full from the kickoff about three times. He kicked a goal from his just on his side of halfway, and it made it easily. Imagine yeah. Matt Burden yeah. kicking there in oh. Denver into the into yeah. altitude. Yeah, the ball wouldn't come down for three days. You know, there's something in that. I'll tell you why, and, and this is fact, and you probably won't believe. I was a I'm a little stumpy bloke, right? So mm. not designed for kicking like a Burton. So I had a bit of a pop gun kick. It was mm. a very pop gunny kick. You know, typically I'd kick at 40 metres or something like that. I latched onto a torpedo one day at um, in North Queensland and it was dead still the air. And I kid you not, it travelled 70 metres on the fly. Yeah. Which has nothing to wow. do with me. It, it had to obviously have done to do with the, the, condition. the conditions, conditions at the time. Yeah. So if you get those right conditions, it, it just goes. Well, Burton the other night kicked from inside his 40 it landed just past the 20, so it could have been a 40-20 bomb. It would have gone, what, 60, 70 metres? 40-20 bomb, imagine yeah. that. <laughs> it would have gone 60, 70 metres high. So the entire trajectory on that kick is like 140 metres. If, if you it's look insane. At the, if you look at the footage, you just see the back three of Queensland just go, no, that's yours. Yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. not getting well, underneath what that. What do you reckon Ponga might have got within, what, three metres of it? Yeah. And you could see him moving as it's coming down, and then he, he dips late and he's still about three metres from it. I'll tell you the, the, the key, and you see this uh, last night at halftime, uh, last time, uh, halftime they had this kicking thing. So everyone's had a few sherbets and the, the grass is wet and they've got the shoes on, no boots, and yeah. they're putting up these bombs and no one's getting near it. But when they put up the big bombs, particularly from Burton, you can tell whether they're going to catch it if you just watch their feet. Right. So you just watch their feet. If they plant or yeah, not. Yeah, and how they – yeah, that's exactly right. And another little, little – Ray Hadley actually gave me this tip. When you're watching a big game and there's a field goal attempt, quite often you're sitting across from the kick and you can't really tell where they've kicked the field goal. Yeah. And it'll become second nature for you. Whenever you see a field goal set up, just keep your eyes on the player. Don't even worry about the kick. Yeah. And you'll know yeah. whether they've kicked the goal. Yeah, or not. okay. They'll be the first one to tell you. Before it's yeah. even gone through the post. They do the Tiger Woods walk away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, big news has dropped. Uh, Sydney Morning Herald. Uh, Adrian, what's happening? Some breaking news. Mitch Moses last night had, I thought, a pretty solid game. And uh, in hindsight, when you look at what he had to uh, go through beforehand, it's um, an even more meritorious effort. He received death threats in the week leading up to the game and they were taken seriously to the point where he was given a police right squad and security team escort coming in and out of Combank Stadium. So, yeah, not uh, an ideal preparation for a, an important game and obviously some imbeciles uh, fans who have, you know, escalated things and uh, sent him some stuff that uh, that just shouldn't happen. But... Yeah, not ideal, is it? Any clues to whether they can catch the people? Do we know? No, I think that um, all we know is that the NRL was made aware. They took it seriously. The police have taken it seriously. I'm sure they'll be looking for the, the people responsible. And with all the digital tracing and stuff that goes on these days, 
um, there's probably a good chance that that said person will be found. Fearing. Disgraceful. Yep. It is. Just, did you ever cop any of that sort of stuff in your game or no? Not death threats, but I copped a lot. Yeah. You know the worst one I used to get? And this is just the biggest myth. A myth. My taxpayer's money pays for your career. Oh. I literally have people coming up to me in a nightclub, and it's not even late. Why are you out drinking? You should be training. My taxpayer money pays for oh. your career. You're like, give me a break. Oh. Was social media not as bad during your career as so it is now? Is it, it's probably it not. Probably it, not. That so it is so Instagram actually came out in 2012. Yep. So I got Instagram just before the London Olympics, but it wasn't massive. Facebook was bigger. Um, but but we didn't know about social media. Like we didn't know that it was a distraction or that people could get to you easier. Like it was probably the first when, – when social media really took off, it was the first time that your average punter or your fan ever had access to a player. Mm-hmm. Like no, nobody's ever going to come up to a, an NRL player and say – run their mouth, you know, in yeah, real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Purely because they'll, you know, get their head kicked in. Mm. But all of a sudden, they get a free hit at athletes. It's like, we've got access to this guy. We can, we've got a free hit at him. Not only that, he's over there in the Olympic Village. We can let, let him know our opinion yep. live. Yeah. And so that was the hardest thing. We had no training in it. We didn't really understand the full workings of social media. And all of a sudden... Uh, your you, you average fan had access to you. So it was, it was a little bit of a difficult time. Now, that one of the first things that happens now, it's the same in NRL, uh, Olympics, everything. You get social media training. The minute, the minute that you, you step into the public spotlight, you get training in it. This is how you do it. This is how you switch this on, switch this off. Uh, some managers will have access to accounts and they'll vet messages before they come through and the like. So it's, there's a lot more systems around athletes now to protect them. But still you see guys like Latrell get targeted with yep. racial slurs and stuff. Um, and as much as you tell athletes, don't read it, don't look at it, uh, it, it it slips through sometimes. Well, this, well, you, this, you see them straight after a game; they're on their phones, aren't they? Yeah, and, yeah. and Adrian, back in the day when I was playing, you know, because people do seek gratification and or feedback. Yep. The hardest thing athletes have, and you may have seen this as well yourself, James, where we're so used to being critiqued as athletes and measured on things that when you walk into media. The media rule is basically no news is good news. So you see so many rugby league players, and I can't speak for other sports. They and well, Brad Haddon was talking about it with cricket. You go into media, and you do your job, and no one says anything to you, and yeah. you're sort of like, "Am I going okay? Am I, am I not?" And and everyone falls into that trap immediately. What we had back in the day, the only thing that we'd look forward to on the Wednesday, the rugby league week would come out, and we'd all go player to see ratings. Oh. The player ratings, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. that would sort of make or break your week. Yeah, yeah. but these poor buggies, you see them in the phones after their sheds, and they're no doubt looking up their names. Oh yeah, no, yeah. and which is inviting disappointment because yeah. it's a cesspool, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, players, but, but, players know super coach points now as well. So, well, I know there some, you go. I know that, some that's players. the rugby league week rating, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. some players yep. that that look into their super coach scores. You would though, wouldn't you? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess it depends where you're at and and how confident or at peace you are with things. If you're a young player and you're trying to kind of gauge where you're at and compare yourself to other players, it's a good metric. Yeah. If you're if you're a Cameron Smith, you would have never looked at it, right? Because no. you're at peace in your own skin. 
you, you don't feel like you have to prove anything. And you score 100 if, points if, every if week. If you're a player, <laughs> do you have a super coach team and do you select yourself or do you trade yourself out and just go and play <laughs> like from, at the moment? <laughs> yeah, from the ones I've spoken to, they don't participate in it. But there's a couple of guys I know that particularly look at their super coach scores. I've got no doubt. But I've, I've got no doubt about that, that. That whole social media thing, there's two aspects to it. Like, one, people can say things that they wouldn't say to your face. That's right. And two, if they do say it, say it to your face, as was the case with you, um, James, with the nightclub, yeah. they just think that the thing that should happen is that you should put one on their chin. But yeah. they know that if you, you do, can't. one of their mates is standing there with a camera oh. in the, you know, waiting to record it and post it on social media. I'll give you a perfect example of this. And I, and I almost... Uh, went to bat for this particular player, which is the player you're talking about, Mitchell Moses. So if you've just missed the start of the show, Aiden was just broken uh, Sydney Morning Herald that uh, there was death threats purporting to Mitchell Moses. I left the Monday game, uh, Queen's birthday Monday game, where Canterbury had beaten Parramatta. And I was, I was, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 was, I better make sure you weren't one of these. So I was standing at the, you know, the entry to the P1 car park. Yeah. And all the Parramatta players were there, Isaiah Papa League, et cetera. Yeah. And Mitchell Moses was standing there. And these three guys turn up, who clearly had had a few, right? Uh, and they just ripped into Mitchell Moses. Oh, you're yeah. only a, you're a witch's hat, Moses. You're yeah. a witch's hat, Moses. And they're saying that because they are pretty conditioned to know that the Parramatta players can't really do a lot about no. it, even though they are in completely in the wrong. Yeah. So I almost – and I felt bad that the Parramatta players just ignored them, which is probably the right thing to do. Yeah. Poor Mitchell Moses got hammered, and I felt like going to task with these players. And I actually yeah. had a bit of regret that I didn't. Um, but unfortunately, the play – if that was no cameras, nothing – the Parramatta blokes would have kicked the tripe out of them. Yeah. That's what used to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's it's not fair, though, is it? It's like, not fair. It's not right. No. Yeah. And, like, who are you, mate? Who, who are you, right, to have been sitting in the stand? You've got no idea what these blokes have gone through, not just in the game, but the week to prepare themselves to get there. Yeah. And you've got the audacity to hide the gall, the temerity, to charge up to Mitchell Moses, who's just been beaten, he's shattered, he's given his all, and you're throwing that crap at him? Do, do you find, too, that with the no-punching rule in the NRL, all of a sudden, little little halfbacks and, and wingers have found their voice, oh, and they're, yeah. and they're oh, yapping. Yeah. They'll go up to Payne Haas and give him yeah. a gobful, knowing that yeah. he can't he can't do anything about nah. it. Like, you, you just can't, you know, they're getting away with stuff that they should never get away this with. This is one thing that really irked me the other night, right? There's a particular player in the New South Wales team that's got a lot of chat in him standing over knocked out guys. He's a part of the reason there was quite a bit of aggro in that game, right? Matt Burton. You're talking about Jerome Lua. I'm just talking say. about Lua. That yeah. was the turning point. So yeah. he's got a lot of lip in him. Fine. That's part of his game. I'm not against that. But when it actually happens, when it actually goes down, and poor Matt Burton, who is probably one of the quietest guys in that team, right, you can probably tell from the way that fight unfolded, it may be the first fight he's ever had in his life. <laughs> It's not a lot of technique, didn't yeah. know what he was doing and was not moving his head at all. Anyway, b the fight goes down. All right, Jerome Luai, you've sparked the flame early in the game. Where are you now when mm. the actual action's happening? Where was any New South Wales player? Okay, this is where I think that the New South Wales players went wrong. This is why Tino didn't get 10 in the bin. When you run into that, when you run into that scuffle, put a couple on Tino. Guess what Tino's going to do? He's going to punch back. Yeah, then yeah. he goes to the bin. Tino got off scot-free from that, reefed Matt Burton's head near off his Tino shoulders. Had to go. Had to go. Yeah.
But you know how you can you can guarantee Tino goes if you run in and punch him. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. Um, so if you uh, miss the charges, so uh, what happened with the striking charge for Dane Gagai? Twenty three percent of his match payment. And I like the new rule too. How it doesn't implicate the Newcastle Knights or doesn't implicate yep. the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, Matt Burton also got twenty three percent for poor striking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's it's what about, happened. There. It's about oh from eight significant yeah. strikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. up. Yeah, that's exactly oh, yeah. right. It was yeah. tough to watch. Poor Matt, but like, literally, if if you said to me that's the first fight of his life, yeah. I'd probably agree with you. Like, the poor guy didn't know what he was doing. He's swinging from the the hills hoist, but um, it just it looked ordinary with Tino having mm. a hold of him while he's getting hit. Yeah, like the last couple that he caught flush were with Tino's arm around his neck, yeah. being held still. It's pretty ordinary. We interviewed Tim Zhu the other day, and um, very first, I said, "Did you see Origin?" He said, "Yeah." What about the fight? And pretty ordinary. They held him back. By the way, um, text message here. Oh, there's millions of texts coming through. Uh, where's the one about? Uh, hey boys, any chance we can turn off New South Wales bias radio? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Now, fair call. Very good. Fair call. You one had your win. Just enjoy your yeah. win. Let us let us suck. Exactly right. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy is a way to have your say. This is crunch time. All thanks to Isuzu, the missile, James Magnuson, Adrian Prezenko. I'm Joel Kane, but more importantly, you, the listener, are guiding this little rickety ship. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, yes, just seeing some replays of the Gold Coast Marathon, and uh, my birthday is on the same day as the half marathon. Yeah. So I have committed to doing that. Uh, dry July at the moment, boys. So, so I went for a run the other day over the Harbour Bridge. Oh yeah. And from I, here, from yeah. So I was committed the, yeah, to do five yeah. k's, right? So I said yeah. to myself, I'm not going to do a, a, a meter over or under. Yeah. I'm going to do five k's, right? Yeah. And about sort of three and a half k's, and I'm feeling this twinge in my calf. And I'm overweight, which is fine. Six to go play on, said the referee. So <laughs> so I'm running, and I thought, nah, I'm doing this 5Ks. And I reckon I got to about 4,850 metres. Yeah. My calf went. Oh, no. Which is so unfair. It's, it's, I'm, I'm already climbing Kosciuszko with a backpack full of bricks. Torn or strained? Strained, not okay. torn. Wow. Well. So a bit of a strain. So I've just got to get this weight off. I might have yeah. to build up some walking, get some yeah, conditioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking, running at a time. Walking and diet and low impact running. Yeah. Soft sand. Like a treadmill on that? Soft sand, treadmill. They've got those new runners that are like on a kind of a slope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're self-generated. Oh. They're pretty cool. That's the go before I hit the road, you Yeah, reckon? yeah, yeah. Before the road. Yeah. It's too high impact. Yeah. Yeah. Sugar, did you ever do the uh, anti-gravity or alt-g no. thing? What, what's what's that about? What's yeah, the yeah. Well, he no missiles yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah, I'm across all this stuff. Yeah. So it's basically to, to take a percentage of your body weight as you return to full impact running. So you expose your muscles to that um, feedback of, right, this is the running technique. Slowly increase the weight. So you decrease the um, decrease the, the resistance that the um, machine is providing. And then that's before you return to the field running on full weight. Wow. Yeah. Have you met Justin Lang? Do you know Lang? No. Oh, no. you need to meet him. He's uh, Johnny Lang's young bloke. Yep. So I think John Lang. So when you go to his gym, Justin Lang, mate, he's all across it. You, you blokes are get on lock bloody hand and glove. You go into his gym and he's got three jerseys and they're all from the same year. There's an Australian jersey. So this is the brother of Martin Lang, son yeah. of John Lang. There's an Australian jersey. There's a Queensland jersey and there's a New South Wales jersey. John Lang played for all three in the same year. New South Wales, Queensland and Australia. Wow. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Just, I think the way it was, maybe it was a, yeah. like a state game and then all into an origin. I don't quite know, but 
mate, he's a, he's a, he's doing a lot of stuff with the women's rugby league. So a lot yeah. of the pretty much uh, all the star women that you're seeing coming through the ranks, he's he's had something to do with them. He's got a, he, he's so he does things like even our young blokes are doing. He's got them doing drills where it's all functional and they're diving to score in a corner in his gym, oh, you know, yeah. and they're doing. They're, or they're jumping up onto a pad and catching a ball. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he gets these people in, Justin Lang, and says, well, what do you want to do? And yeah. mate, he's down there kicking the ball. And So what he found out is he he was supporting the Women's Rugby League from the get-go. Yeah. But he said the biggest gulf, which he's been putting a lot of work into to close the gap, he says the boys are better kickers purely because when the, the boys are growing up, they're kicking the football where the girls didn't really do that. The girls were playing Oztag and touch, but they weren't doing a lot of kicking. Now they are. So you're starting to see what like you saw in the ground. Look, girls are now, I called a game at the Sydney Creek ground. It was Anzac Day. Mm. And the game beforehand, the young girl from the, the Roosters, and apologies, I forgot her name, but she's potted two from the sideline. Sam Walker had two kicks from the sideline in the exact same spot, missed them both. <laughs> you know, so the gap has wow. completely closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to people like Justin mm. Lang getting involved in the game. But there's so many good people behind the scenes doing terrific things. Have you ever thought about getting involved in the game? Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, like, particularly in that high-performance sector. Um, I think the, the thing with something like swimming, right, is you have to be at the top of the world in yes. every aspect. You, you can't have like a good diet for what we know here in Australia or be good at strength and conditioning for what we know based on what happens in Australia. It always has to be world's best practice. So we're constantly, you know, coaches are going over to college in America or NFL teams or basketball teams and finding out what is world's best practice. So what's happening in, in international sports often trickles down into Australian-only sports maybe five, ten years later. Um, so we were doing like cryotherapy and those freezing your stuff like 10 years ago. Wow. Now you're starting to see it in rugby league. You're seeing the players use the cryotherapy. Um, some of the stuff we were doing around diet, recovery, rehab is slowly trickling down now because they're a little bit more old school in, in a rugby league. AFL slightly more progressive, but it's the same names that are around in most of the teams. So I'd, I'd love to have like a consulting ro- role in high performance and kind of keep things at the cutting edge or just up the technology, up the kind of information and, and data management of some of our rugby league teams. I think it's an area where we can improve heaps. I, I totally agree with that. And, and then the condition of players alone, and this is why I'm so strong on if, if Tigers, if you want to succeed, the number one signing you can get from the 05, I know they've sorted out Benji, they've sorted out Robbie, and we're going to talk about the Tigers later, and Sheenzy. Shane Elford has been there at the Panthers and has them in the best shape of yeah maybe the best team shape we've ever seen in the history of the game. Yeah. So that alone gets you into the top eight, the condition of your players. It's their line speed. Get yeah. that that alone gets you into the top eight. Yeah. The the thing that gets me is that we're all, everyone is looking for that half a percent, one percent edge. And then mm. you go and see rugby league players go get on the turps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Think like, do they still just, Adrian? Well I don't think they do it as often, but occasionally they get their little windows and, and when they do, yeah, they make up for all the time that was lost. Yeah. Do you even watch the difference between, uh, and again, like I said, Australian-based sports are behind, right? So the, when I see a, a player grab a beer after a game or, or on a Wednesday after Origin they're playing on Saturday, blows my mind, you know. It blows my mind that they'd even be drinking in the season. During the season, yeah. It blows my mind. Well, in but, the, now, you know what? And and 
pot calling the pet the kettle the proverbial because we did drink a lot when we played. We we yeah. get a Monday session, yeah, and then we sort of hover around, right? And then um, should we go to the you know the no names and have one? Yeah, mm. we never once went there for one. Yeah, it was yeah. not yeah. for one day. We'd go there. Yeah, we'd go there for one day, but. In hindsight, and that was the undoing of me. I got the leading point score in 2000. The biggest professional of all time, little bloke, relying on these gaps and tries and all those sorts of things. Had a great off-season. It was the Olympics there, long off-season. You think you're better than you are. Yeah. Start having a few drinky poos and then you get brought back to the field. If you're signing $800,000 contracts or a million-dollar contracts, etc., $500,000 contracts, yeah. the least you can do is during the season is just completely commit to the cause, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And it's a, it's a it's a cultural thing and, you know, what's happened over time. But that will slowly change. And if you watch an AFL dressing shed uh, at the moment these days, they're not drinking. They've got Gatorade. They've got protein shakes. They've got energy bars. I, I was watching a game of football the other night and it shows the dressing sheds afterwards. They're all on the beers. Yep, sure, that's normal. Each of them has got a crust pizza box yeah. and they're ripping into pizza yeah. after the game. I get it. You've got to fuel back up with calories, but there's there's ways to do it, right? There's different ways to do it. And what we see of rugby league athletes, we see great athletes and the best rugby league athletes in the world. But don't be mistaken. These are nowhere near the best athletes in the world. They're not as fast. They're not as strong. They're not as fit. There's athletes overseas in, in NFL, in, in football, in, in other sports who far surpass them in all athletic measure. They may not have the football now, so anything like that. But once we get a player, and we started to see it with Sonny Bill. Once you get a player who's got the physical attributes and then goes, right, I'm going to get my body in the best shape possible. I'm going to be as fast, as strong, as fit as is humanly possible. Then you start to get a freak football player. Then you start to get someone that transcends that, Oh, he's got football ability and he knows, you know, he knows where the ball's going to bounce and he, he makes his own luck. Once you start to transcend that and get a freak athlete, I'm talking like there's no reason we couldn't have a rugby league player running 10-5, squatting 250 kilos and being able to step off his left and right foot. That's physically possible. There's players in the NFL right now who can do all those things and break tackles like it's, you know, a walk in the park. All those things are within physical possibility we haven't seen it yet because like right now we're going oh my god Cameron Munster's off the drink look how good he's going that's no surprise and Munster can go to another level again physically mm. but we're, we're just kind of we're comfortable in rugby league this is the standard we're used to yep oh there's some big kids coming through now but you know then they come into first grade they get on the drink they do their thing there's so much scope for improvement in rugby league Sugar, is there... Well said, by the way. Can you make a defence for alcohol? Insofar as you talked about on a Monday night, you, you know, you, you've, you've trained and just the bonding benefits of getting closer <laughs> to your teammates, of, you know, those sorts of bonds that are made and, yeah. and the stress release of, of having a beer after yeah. a game of football? Well, I was thinking the same thing, right? Uh, but the Bissile can probably answer this better. It is a long season. Is, is yeah. there advantages for having that release or is it a cop-out? It's a cop out. So, yeah. so you, you talk to a, like a high performance person that's in charge of, say, Usain Bolt's schedule or Michael Phelps' schedule. They'd laugh at it. They go, "What? You really think that a, a, the release of alcohol is going to help this guy?" So, so Usain Bolt, for example, you see him in videos, and that he, he comes across as uh, laughe, you know, yeah. laissez faire, laissez faire, chill, yeah. yeah. But in reality, 
you're not doing all that without being the absolute best you can in all avenues. Is that fair to say? Yeah. His body would be fine-tuned to within an inch of his life. Yep. Every aspect of his life would be measured to the millimetre. The wow. time he wakes up, the calories he eats, the training load he does, the weight he lifts, everything is measured by a group of people. The supplements he takes, the the time of day he trains, like everything is to the millimetre. And it's no surprise that, that that's how you become the best in the world. You know, again, rugby league is, it's an east coast of Australia sport, yeah. a little bit in England. If we wanted, to, if we were competing against, for example, America, and they were putting their best athletes, then all of a sudden that would start to bring the standard up because we're like, well, right, what, what are they doing in America? Right now we're going, uh, so let's say I'm at the Bulldogs. Melbourne are top of the comp. What are they doing in Melbourne? And Melbourne's going, oh, what are the Panthers doing? So we're comparing ourselves to each other. Yeah. I know Craig Bellamy goes over maybe once every couple of seasons to the NFL and starts looking at a bit at what they're doing. But I'd have my high performance manager from, from each club. That whole off season, he's traveling. He's at Bayern Munich seeing what their soccer team does. He's, in, uh, he's at Chelsea. Then he's at the Patriots. Then he's at Athletics Australia. Then he's at Swimming in USA. He's seeing what's the best practice in the world for each thing but at the moment it's like oh you know go and go and have a look at what the Penrith Panthers are doing they're the gold standard when really the Penrith Panthers in the scheme of the world are probably bronze or not even in medal standard Mm. yeah but you know what I had a chat with my father-in-law about this and he played 200 games for Wes and I'm also pointing to myself about this right and they there's a lot of people who, my father-in-law's age, there's a lot of people my age who, you know, were NRL players and blah, 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 blah. But in the reality, James, we weren't an Adrian. Like, we're getting it done on the east coast of, you know, yeah, of yeah, Australia. Yeah. Like, we, we're getting it done there. Like, we're – and plodding through it. Like, we, we are not really – look, even – my father-in-law's age group and mine, yes, NRL players, well done, tickety-boo, but a large majority and the Polynesian influence, which has raised the standards of the game. So my father-in-law, they had next to basically zero Polynesian players. Mm. My age group had very few. Yeah. And now you've got so many who are, they're supreme athletes in many ways. Yeah. They, they just are naturally yeah, yeah, supreme yeah. athletes. Yeah. So it, it's a little bit of fool's gold what, myself and many others did, my father-in-law, and it's with all respect still, Yeah, but it's not what the current players are achieving is far in advance of what we achieved and those before us achieved, in my yeah. opinion, which will be uh, annoying a lot of people, me saying that, but for me it's fact. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. this is a run home. Uh, in fact, it's not the run home, it's crunch time, it's a Saturday, I'm losing my bearings. Uh, the Maestro's here, Adrian Prezenko, James Magnuson. Podcast that, Maestro, because that is a brilliant chat, uh, mainly because of the missile Magnuson, outstanding work. Uh, Jimmy Smith on the text line, we'll get to that very shortly, by the way. He's calling the action with Mickey Butner, the great Mickey Butner from 2pm today. Sydney Roosters taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. All in from the Roosters tonight from 8 o'clock. You've got the Sydney Swans taking on the Dockers up there. Kazali, thedogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing, brings us our man here. We catch up with Simon Orchard on a Saturday afternoon. I'm pleased to say he's on board again. G'day, Simon. G'day, fellas. Hey, you know how you're getting old, boys. This morning I was on the trampoline with the three-year-old and I've done myself a mischief. I'm in here with an ice pack on my shoulder, feeling very sore (laughs) and sorry. And that's how you know you're getting old. Gee whiz. 
Uh, you've done yourself a mischief. Now, my boys uh, watch a video of this bloke called, uh, what's his name? Aaron Gox. No, but he keeps saying I've done myself a mischief. Yeah, I hope Aaron you Gox. haven't. I promise you, it's Aaron Gox. Is it? comedian. Yeah, he's superb. Okay. Where, where did he you goes get... by another nickname, though, doesn't he? Is it Goxy? Yeah. He's... Where'd you get that, that, that coin of phrase from, uh, Simon? Oh, mate, I just thought it was something that everyone knew. Maybe maybe the old man. Yeah. I don't know. Growing up in the country, mate, you just get all sorts of yeah, uh, rhyming You've done yourself a mischief. You've yeah. done yourself a mischief. Uh, okay, well, rhyming slang. Give us a few principal skinners. Uh, yeah, look. <laughs> before, before we dive into it, boys, I remember a couple of weeks ago, last time we spoke, you said which box wins the most. Mm. I hadn't forgot about that. Oh, I did good a bit boy. of research. Has yeah. to be box, box one. one. At Wenty Park, wins 19% of the time, yes. 16% for box two, and 14% for box eight. So anyone sitting at the pub today or at the tab and you think one and eight are the numbers to follow, yeah. you're probably right because they win 33% of the time. So, look, mm. heading into tonight, best bet for us, race five, number two, Ibrox Wildfire. Real go for this girl as well, fellas. Opened at 480, crunched into 350 last night, and this morning the money, money continues to come. 320. With Bet365 at the moment, she's yet to miss a drum in 11 Wenty Park runs. For those who are wondering, a drum, the first three, so that's four wins and seven minors at headquarters. Last Saturday, she stopped the clock in an electric 29.55. So race five, number two, Ebrox Wildfire, our best bet. And if you want one at a bit of value, race nine, number four, four, five. So the name of the dog is four, five. 86 starts at Wenty. Only won eight times, but he's placed a remarkable 44 times at Wentworth Park. All the favourites, boys, are drawn out wide. So Doonan in eight, Hold Me Up in seven, Black Box in six. All very talented, but all very young. Four, five, the experienced tough dog, done it time after time. If things get a little bit hairy at that first bend, we want to be with four, five. It's a little bit like if I wanted to go out on the town and I went with a missile, we'd have some good fun for a while, but I'm not sure he knows all the ins and outs. If I wanted a real big night, I'd go with sugar. That's oh, <laughs> mate, you have been given a dud form, God. You've got it completely around the wrong way. Mate, if you, you want to race over the 400 metres, sugar's your man, 720, the missile every day of the bloody week. By the way, you're going to do uh, yourself nothing. a mischief. Yeah. I, 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 Hey, listen, hey, listen, in the Fair Dinkum Stakes, it's always the quiet one. Adrian is the one you want. If, if there's ever a yeah. one-kilometre sprint, Adrian might be what the one. What was the name of the nightclub in Penrith again? Yeah, Reactor One. Reactor One. Reactor yeah. One. Oh, yeah. You, I've done myself a mischief yeah. there. <laughs> you, you don't choose a Reactor One, it chooses you. Oh, uh, nice. Now, um, Simon, let's do the bookies of mischief here. Southern Stars series starts tomorrow. How's this looking? Yeah, look, $50,000 race. I know we just keep popping these races up. Big mm. money all over the place. The Southern Stars series, heats are at Tamora tomorrow. Wagga and Goulburn uh, next week. And what the most exciting part of it is, boys, we get She's a Pearl set to make her long-awaited return. She's trained by Andy and Jodie Lord, who are down in the Goulburn area. Um, they've said that she's being set for this race. So she will likely go to the Goulburn heats. But tomorrow at Tamora, we've got two heats. Uh, we've got Special Blend running out there, who's a Group 1 place getter. We've got another dog that won the Chief Havoc Cup final at Gunnedah a couple of weeks ago running out there as well. So a couple of good bets on the cards at Tamora. But what we're really excited for, she's a pearl. She'll start at $1.10, so there's probably no point back in it. But this is the sort of dog 
that brings people out to the track, and that's what we want to see in Greyhound Racing. So keep your eye on that, the Southern Star Series kicking off tomorrow. Simon, I'm a little bit disappointed today. We haven't had the world's richest race of any kind. What's going on? Courtesy of me and sure yeah. world richest jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. World richest race at tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. Plenty of stars out there. Trent Barrett, uh, Toddy Payton, all the likes. Uh, but Simon, just before you go, can you please repeat those box stats at Wentworth Park for us? Yeah, so five 20-metre races at Wenty. Most of our races are over 500. Um, the box one wins 19% of the time. That's this year, yep. so seven yep. months, six and a half months of data. Box one wins 19%. Box two wins 16% of races. And box eight wins 14% of races. No surprise, box five wins the least amount of races at Wenty Park. So there you go, some stats and some punter education for all those out there. No, well, the reason I bring that up, because it's relative to the price, right? So... You've just shared with us that box two wins more than box eight. Most people are always backing one and eight blind. They just go one and eight. I reckon at the price, box two would have a far better price than box one. So mm. therefore, long term, return on investment, ROI, Simon, I reckon number two might be the go. What do you think about that? I like it, mate. And that's why tonight, race five, number two, Ibrox Wildfire, our best bet of the night. So yeah, you're right. One and eight often draws the punters' attention. I don't know whether it's the red and pink or mm. whether they just think the wings are going to get the job done. Uh, but box two often gets a sneaky run in yep. behind the speed. They just need a bit of a bit of uh, uh, mischief out wide, and then the two can just swoop on through. So mischief. there you go. <laughs> yeah, is that That's the magic word today? No, 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 so, so where Simon is right now, he has got he has been inundated by people who listen to Crunch Time. They said, right, a magic word today, mischief. Get, get it out, and you've done <laughs> it, Simon. Word of the day. Word of the day calendar, boys. Yeah. We're trying to improve the vocabulary one word at a time. Hey, Simon, we need to we need to have you in person one day so uh, I can run the first 520 with you. Miss, I can get you through to midnight. That's what we'll do. <laughs> Great to have you company, and then Simon. From then, on we, from then on, we go with Adrian. We head to, what was it, Reactor 1 or the Mean Fiddler? Used to be one of my old stomping grounds. Oh, oh, yes. oh, the yes. Mean Fiddler. That was always it was a hard one to get home from because it was in the middle of nowhere, yeah. but it was still worth it. Oh, I've got a great story about the mean fiddler, boys. I can tell you that in an ad break. Fair. Uh, yes, thank you very much, Simon. The dogs.com that are you the home of everything Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. Simon, we'll catch you soon, legend. Have a great day, everyone. Hooroo. Okay, there he is. What a great fella, uh, Simon. Uh, Will and Powerfish. That's, that's the guy that's I was thinking of. I'm, that's who I'm thinking <laughs> of. And he's in like the rash vest yes. and stuff. That's the, that's the same guy, yeah, isn't right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We're all thinking of the few same flatty guy. Heads. few yeah. flatty heads. Yeah, yeah. Six metre flatty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flatty, <laughs> flatty dogs, flatty dogs. <laughs> that's it. Uh, we'll get him on, on one day. I'm a bit worried that your sons oh, are watching that. There's oh, some pretty out there oh, content. Absolutely. <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the one where he's sort of uh, renovating a house? Or he's painting it, and he just completely mucks yeah. it up. The bloke wants to kill him. Yeah. His uh, favourite saying is, you're not a man until you've had a man. So <laughs> oh, take that how you will. Mate, he, he is a lunatic. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did yourself a mischief. Exactly right. 479 uh, is the way to do that. Uh, Jimmy, by the way, just as we go to the break, where's his text? Let me Jimmy? marinate in this one over the break. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so Jimmy, or a.k.a. Frank the Tank, he says, rugby league, and I don't think he wanted me to say Jimmy, so he says Frank the Tank. <laughs> rugby league is a team sport where relationships within teams have a significant impact on performance. And he was talking about how he totally disagrees with the the missile. Now, Jimmy's on his way to call the game. Roosters take on the Dragons. Feel free to call up, Jimmy. But it, Jimmy is uh, arguing with the great man, the missile, who is an Olympic champion. He, he's a legend of this country, right? Um and Jimmy is arguing that Jimmy has had the audacity, the temerity to post on his own social media sprinting techniques. 
Now, Jimmy would run 17 seconds over 100 metres at his very column best. Uh, Jimmy, feel free to jump on the text line or the call line even better. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. This is a run home or crunch time with the maestro, Adrian Prezenko and the missile. Five minutes past one o'clock Eastern States time. Crunch time brought to you by Isuzu. The Isuzu D-Max is born to tow. And don't forget you can get involved in the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or text 0457 736 736. Tweet us at 1170 SEN. Uh, we welcome our listeners through 1170 SEN in Sydney. 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast. Uh, and also you can have your say through the app. You can listen through the app. You can also communicate through the app as well. Uh, I do want Frank the Tank to call through. Frank the Tank, jump on the call line at 1300 01170. I've got a feeling you may sound very similar to Jimmy Smith, but jump on the call line. Is that line. a reference, reference to, uh, uh, what's it, is it old school? Yeah, old school. I don't Frank know. Frank the yeah, Tank. Just, Frank, Frank the, the Tank. tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, and Frank. He's, that's when he's, he's streaking through the quadrangle. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, give us a call. Uh, you, uh, incidentally, you do know the open line, Frank, I would have thought. Uh, boys, great example of what Missile was just discussing is Latrell pushing boundaries. Doco, really great look behind the scenes at the science behind his comeback over in the States, the Tarthra Eagle. We hadn't mentioned him. You mentioned uh, Greg Inglis. At his very best peak performance, he could be anything. Yeah. Latrell Mitchell is in the same bucket. Could be anything. Could be anything. I wouldn't have been surprised if there was a few NFL scouts looking at him while he was over there. Like, he he could transcend any version of football, I, I reckon. Yep. So you believe if, if he was absolutely dotting all the I's and crossing yep. all those T's you mentioned, he could make it in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. Just the physicality of Latrell Mitchell. Every now and then, you know when he flicks that switch? No one can tackle him. He throws he throws off first grade footballers. Yeah. They look like little kids. He's strong enough, fast enough, and he's got that fast twitch. Like he's very explosive. Rarely in season, sometimes Latrell looks like he balloons out to say one twelve, maybe one fifteen kilos. He takes that intercept at State of Origin at, at probably peak of his weight, runs a hundred meters. No one comes close to him. It's very rare you see a man that big, that explosive, be that fast. So he's got the physical attributes to transcend any sport. So coincidentally, um, Latrell is off the grog. So he made that commitment earlier in the season. And I spoke to Bill Knowles, and one of the things I asked him is, um, can you, could this guy, given all the work you've done with him, make it in the NFL? And he said, yep, easily. Like There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, plenty of text messages. Apologies. Yeah, uh, just on Latrell too. And I don't mind saying this. And if you heard this, I'm comfortable with that because he he doesn't like the criticism of Latrell, and that's fine, right? And he gets a lot of it, so I can appreciate that. But I said at the start of the year because he had the big suspension last year, wasn't there for the grand final for South, and in my eyes, let the team down. He did not present himself in the condition for the money he's on to warrant. And given the fact he'd been out, and I made mention of this. He doesn't look fit enough, but to his credit, to his credit, he has turned things around. He got off that plane from America and he looks sharp. Yep. And for South Sydney, if there are a fleeting chance to do anything in this competition, it'll go down to him and what he can produce. Do you agree with that? Agree, 100%. And we, we've already seen the change in Cody Walker's demeanour and the way that he's playing and that he, he's no longer got the cranky pants on. Latrell fired up a bit at the end of the last Luttrell game. Wears the <laughs> pants. He, that's that's Latrell's job yeah, to get yeah, angry. But yeah, yeah 100%. Like they, they live and die by what he does. He can carry them on his back. But you mentioned, and you raise that point about raising the bar. And I say this all the time on our show sometimes the best gifts come badly wrapped. 
I've got no doubt that Tommy Trebojevic won a Dalian medal in an absolute winks-like canter because yeah. of one fellow, Harry on the Corso. And I'm serious about that. Harry on the Corso, the whole story that blew up around that, he he, he was injured at that time. He was yeah. on the source at that time. Yeah. And, and and I'm not being facetious, but that was the moment where he went, right, he went full-born uh, football professionalism yep. and Off won the, the Dalian by an absolute space, didn't yep. he? Yeah, that's another physical specimen, right? I know Jimmy said it's about team cohesion and camaraderie and stuff, but these are these, these are some of our freak athletes that, that could be world-class athletes. Yeah. Well, Gautreau and Turbo are about the same height, but their body shape yeah. is so different, isn't it? Like, yeah, if it you is. were to work with them, yeah. they would be strong in, in such different areas. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if we got Luttrell down to like... 8% body fat, like a shredded Latrell, yeah. same strength. He'd be even faster because he'd be carrying less weight. He could he could be anything. anything. Ma- Maestro, you are on the phone there. Please tell me it was Frank the Tank. It's Frank the Tank, and we'll be talking to Frank the Tank. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Frank the <laughs> Tank. <laughs> Frank the Tank. He's Frank in the quadrangle. <laughs> uh, special guest coming up. Uh, Seal, is he ready to go? He's not picking up the phone. Oh, okay. Oh, Frank the tank. Okay, when we get him very, very shortly, he's, ladies he's and gentlemen. He's streaking through the quadrangle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get into these text messages while we are waiting. Congrats, James, for calling out Rugby League and the fantasy land people live in. In terms of fitness, performance, and the effect of alcohol, been waiting 20 years to hear that sort of editorial. If you're in any doubt, check the numbers that Tour de France riders are producing Simo. Mm, Tour de France, uh, we know the numbers they can pr- produce. Uh, no, but I'll get your point there, Simo. You're exactly right. In the meantime, we are all aboard the professional train here, ladies and gentlemen. James Magnuson, Olympian, five-time world record holder, alongside Adrian Prezenko, Mary Lance High, four-time winner of the triple jump and still has the high jump record. Did that with Frisbee Flop. But if you want to dial up... I'm a scissor kick man. Yeah, if you want to dial up real professionalism, ladies and gentlemen, he posts his own videos about how to sprint. He once ran top eight in the under-11s at Cootamundra and Jimmy Smith's on the line. I mean, Frank the Tank. G'day, Frank. Hey, well, hang on just a minute. We're <laughs> Can you do your best Jimmy Smith impersonation, Frank? <laughs> How are you, James? Uh, very excited about calling the Roosters and the Dragons game. Uh, He's always selling, see? Friendly. He's always selling, Jimmy. He's always selling. Up-selling. Immediately go- upselling. Oh, yeah. uh, would you like fries with that, Jim? Uh, sorry, you are calling with Michael Butner at 2 o'clock. Is that right? Yeah, and... Mary Kay, too, for those people who know across social media, the great Parramatta fan, uh, you would know well, Adrian, Mary Constantopoulos. Uh, she's part of the call team today, too. She's on debut, so very exciting. But uh, And also, uh, proudly brought to you by Coco Magic in oh. this game, the Roosters <laughs> and the Dragons. There it is. Um, <laughs> there it is. Thank you, Alex. Um, Trent Robinson's 250th in charge of the Roosters. What a storied career he's had in uh, at the top job. Boys, this is a big game for Jimmy. Uh, so about two weeks ago now on the breakfast show, Jimmy said that the Roosters were a far and away better side than the Dragons, even though they were below them on the ladder. We had an avalanche of texts mm. from Dragon supporters <laughs> ripping into Jimmy. So this is going to be a big game for Jimmy. He's got a lot, on the, he's got a lot on the line nine. here. A yes. lot on the line. Are you feeling confident, Jimmy? I'll tell you what, James. I'll tell you what, James, you're exactly right. What hadn't transpired at that point was the Roosters beat Panthers. 
And what also hadn't transpired at that point was the second half performance of the Dragons against the Broncos. So I think all of those things have justified that statement. Today, the 80 minutes will be the exclamation point. Score prediction, 13 plus? Comfortably. <laughs> so this stat here, Jimmy, you've only heard as often as uh, Damien Cook's a beach sprinter, Billy Slater once rode track work, yeah. uh, Jimmy Smith was once a sprinting coach, um, <laughs> is the fact that the Roosters since 2010, after having lost that grand final, have never lost to the Dragons on a non-Anzac Day clash. Oh. Is that right, Jim? I'll go with that if that's what you're putting out there, Joel. Yes. <laughs> so, Jimmy, take us through your tuition about the sprinting coaching. We, we, we're fascinated to hear all about that. Yeah, well, I was as fascinated to hear your fascination. To be <laughs> um, so here's the thing, and, and what you guys have to recognise is mm. this, that my technique as a sprinter is probably uh, without peer. Mm. My issue is, my issue is that I have been laden with slow twitch fibers. <laughs> <laughs> as far as technique, I was able to get the maximum amount of speed out of my technique as yes. possible. Fair call. Um, the issue is, yeah, yeah, the issue is all the slow twitch fibers that I had. Jimmy, can, can you solve this one for me? When, when we talk about forwards in particular, people always talk about leg speed. This guy's got incredible yeah. leg speed. What does that mean? What's the difference between speed and leg speed? Can you have slow leg speed and be fast or vice versa? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. What, what I love, and this is, so you talk about the professionalism of the NFL. When they get you to get in the combine to work out what you can do physically, right, they get you to do three things. They get you to do a bench press. They get you to do a 40-meter sprint. And they get you to do a maximum jump uh, for the height. Right, see how high you can jump. And all of those tell you exactly what your natural gifts are. So I remember at, at the Roosters, we used to do a horizontal jump. And Ronnie Palmer said, this is the greatest indicator of natural speed. Um, I could barely skip a metre. Right? <laughs> someone like, someone like Matty Singh, Matty Singh he, he had incredible horizontal jump. And, it, and it's, you know, you can't lie on those tests. And, and that's why it's um, so interesting around all those, you know, all that professionalism at the NFL, they boil it down to three very simple tasks. Hey, Jimmy, can you please share with our listeners, uh, speaking of be, about being quite open and honest, when Gus Gould had asked for an honest appraisal after a, a Roosters loss, can you please share that with us? <laughs> uh, I thought I was ringing up to debunk some of the horse shit that we've had from <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, back to you, please. <laughs> no, can I just say this about the missile? So he's talking about simplified events mm. where all you have to do is run 100 metres on a track, right? All you have to do is swim 100 metres in a pool where the biggest outside influence is the fact you've got to stop at one end and go back the other way. Have a look at that slow-motion vision that, Fox Sports are playing at the moment, you know, all the highlights of the rugby league players. And have a think about Cameron Munster and what's going through his head when he steps three different directions within the space of three seconds. The Parramatta Eels defender falls over and then he's off and away. Think about all the external factors that are going through his his computer in his head about what his next decision is. Knowing and, and predicting what his teammate's going to do as well. Those teammates, those responses, those relationships that are built up 
over having a beer on a Monday night at the pub. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought he was going to ask. He's on Team Presenka. He basically says the greatest performance enhancing substance on is earth is alcohol. alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So okay, okay. So if I'm the missile and representing the missile, I'd say to the missile, I'd say, say this to Jimmy missile, is how do you debunk the theory that? Uh, Harry on the Corso arrives, Turbo gets off the source, has the greatest season that we've probably ever witnessed in our careers. Cameron Munster gets off the source, has the greatest season of his life. How would you debunk that Mr. Get on the source, Phil? Um, because everything in moderation, right? Mm. So, you know, I, I don't know the drinking habits of Tom Trebojevic or Cameron Munster pre their determination to, to stop drinking. Um, and I don't know how excessive that was. But a little is not going to be detrimental to you. In fact, I think a little can be really positive for the team. So here's the interesting thing. You guys actually ca- counted your own argument. When Adrian started talking about the impact that Latrell Mitchell had on those people around him, okay? So Latrell has decided not to drink. But look at... So as a teammate... I know this is a foreign concept for those people who did individual sports. Sorry, sorry, was that Frank or Jimmy saying that? (laughs) The problem with uh, James is he's comparing missiles with torpedoes, right? That's the problem. Mm. So Uh, you you were talking about the impact that Luttrell had on the demeanour of Cody Walker. Explain that within a swimming confine. I just don't see how alcohol helps in any way. Like, if you can't have a social relationship with someone without throwing alcohol in the mix, mm. I think I'd call that a character flaw. Oh, some flawed individuals in this room. <laughs> 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 look, I, 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 look I, I, I'm all on team alcohol in terms of having a good time, but just for purely performance reasons. And the, the one I'll counter you with, Jimmy, when it comes to team cohesion and, you know, the, the effects alcohol has on bringing people together. We've got a two-time Dalian medal winner in Jared Hayne. For all intents and purposes, not the most popular teammate, not the most cohesive player. He did everything he did based on pure athleticism, physicality, speed, elusiveness. He's probably one of the best athletes we've ever seen in the game. There was, that was nothing to do with going out, getting on the source and getting along well with his halfback or 5'8". That was pure athleticism. And I think the, the other example of that is Greg Inglis. The guy was so athletic. He, he could, he's a world-class athlete. And I don't see in any way, shape or form how getting on the source mid-season <laughs> is going to help that athletic performance. How detrimental was it? To Jared Hayne, I'm not sure if Jared Hayne drank in that 2009 season. I don't, I don't believe he did. Oh, jeez. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jimmy, you've got a big game to call. I'm going to call, hang on. I'm going to call as my first witness one Tim Manor, Esquire. <laughs> Tim Manor, a fellow man with leg speed. Uh, now, listen, Jimmy, just before you go, and now I'm being serious now, when you're sober, you are one of the great judges of rugby league. Hierarchy of most likely to win this competition, I want the top three in order. Obviously, Panthers number one. Panthers number one, okay. And then I think there's a there's a gap. Um, two, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. Whoa, mm. yeah. 
I, I have real concerns about the Melbourne Storm. Um, and if you want me to name a three... Todd Payton, you're looking at him, aren't you? I'm looking at the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, top three yeah. teams defensively, Jim. 14 of the last 16 were top two defensive sides. Cronulla were a top three defensive side. And the only team who wasn't a top three defensive side were the Cowboys, who incidentally were losing at the 80-minute mark to a team who was a top three defensive side, being the Broncos. So you just got to be there. Currently, it is uh, the... Panthers, the Sharks, the Cowboys by a bit of a space. You know what, Jimmy? Parramatta, as it stands, and I know that Canterbury have a game to play, Parramatta have more points in the defence column than Canterbury. Wow. That's not good. That's a shocking start. That's crazy, isn't it? It is. That's crazy. This this Storm v Raiders game is absolutely huge. Yeah, it is. Absolutely huge for the season of both teams. Yep. Totally agree. Hey, Jimmy, have a great call at 2 p.m. Uh, yourself, Michael Butner and Mary Kay. Uh, we look forward to that. We'll be listening on SEN uh, from 2 o'clock where you take us through. It's a massive game. The Roosters taking the Dragons. Enjoy that, mate. It'll be a special game and uh, have a great call with uh, Butes and uh, Mary. Yeah, looking forward to it. Feel free to send through text messages at any minute, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might just be doing that. Uh, thank you very much, Jimmy. Good luck, Frank, Jimmy. Sorry, Thanks, Frank. Boys. You're going to need some luck, Jimmy, because there'll be Dragons fans <laughs> with pitchforks waiting outside the studio. Uh, speaking of that game, 3pm, Jimmy's got the call, uh, doing a great job calling as well, has Jimmy. Uh, Dometic, go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. So here's the, the drum. Matt Lodge will make his debut. Nat Butcher starts at prop following the withdrawal of Lindsay Collins. Uh, he suffered a head knock in Origin 3. Jared Weir Hargreaves is also out for his return from a hamstring injury. Drew Hutchison joins Lodge as the new faces on the interchange. Jaden Hunt, Josh Kerr ruled out from Griffin's 19-man squad, which means Maguire and Billy Burns join the bench. So Maguire back. Ben Hunt played 74 minutes in Origin, but is expected to play. They need him desperately. The last eight games without Ben Hunt, they have lost. Ravalawa's hamstring injury sees uh, Tautau Monga. Jeez, he's been a journeyman. Yeah. Join the starting side. Jack DeVellin also starts in the place of the suspended Tarek Sim. So that's all happening for Dometic. We'll talk about the Seagulls and Knights a little bit later on and the other games coming up tonight, including the Titans and the Broncos. In the meantime, make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go collection. Just pack, stack and go. Welcome back to Crunch Time. I'm Suzu, D-U-M-U-X. Uh, now... Just on the Tigers, um, we're going to have five minutes on this because I'm a bit worn down from it all. <laughs> I have been unloading on the Tigers situation, and, and, and we're all fans and we're entitled to do so. So Tommy Two Phones, right? Tommy Two Phones, he, he sends a text through on Friday. He said, mate, um, I've got uh, Tim, Benji or Robbie lined up for this afternoon. I said, you know, I have been potting this whole situation the whole week. <laughs> He said, yeah, that's why I want to get him on. I said, said, well, it suits you. So when Robbie came on, I set the scene. To be honest, I I am am for all three. And I suggested beforehand that Benji comes on as an attacking coach. Robbie comes on as a defensive coach. Tim Sheens is so valuable in the club, in the position he is. But I felt we need somebody who's been at the daily grind. So nor Tim, Benji or Robbie have been nine to five as coaches in the NRL for 10 years, right? So for me, I thought it was ridiculous. I, I, I stand by this, and I love Benji. He's a mate of mine, and I would say this in front of him. The fact that we've given him a five-year deal, and he's never coached, to my knowledge, anything, is farcical, right? 
it, you know what? And I talk about punting, right? When you're having a punt on a Saturday, many of us have done it. If you're a punter, you would recognise with this. And you've lost for the day. And you get towards the end and you know that things are sort of looking bad. So you launch out. You launch out with a roughie. You go for a 20-to-1 pop to get you back to square. They've gone for a 20-to-1 pop. And it might be a master stroke and the 20-to-1 pop might win. But I, I just... We, we need actually we need to have the club, right, to go, right, we've had plenty of chances here. When you walk into the club, and I don't know which the club is, whether it's out at West or West Ashfield or whether it's Bowman, wherever the club is, and have names on the board as to who thought this is a good idea. And I'm happy to have my, my name on the bottom that says it's a bad idea. Yeah. And if I'm wrong in five years, just I'll stand at the front of the club and just egg me for the life. But, <laughs> but I just, it, it feels as though we are at the end of the... The run that's like, okay, we're under the pump here. We're on the ropes here. We need to blast out. And what thoughts, Adrian? What, what do you think? Well, each of those three have all been sacked by the club. Yeah. In Tim Sheens' case, the last time he coached was when he was at the club 10 years ago and they thought he was the problem rather than the answer. But the interesting thing with Benji is um, I rang Wayne Bennett last night and I said, thoughts re Benji Marshall as a coach. And he, I said, obviously he hasn't got much experience. He goes... He's been coaching all longer than you think. He's been coaching for years. Mm. Um, and he's been doing that as a player, as a pseudo coach. He's been doing it on the field. He's been setting standards off it. And he said that, you know, he was talking about the potentially cruisy lifestyle that Benji Marshall could have. Because he's a bit like a, a Billy Slater or a Brad Fittler in that they've got great television gigs. Um, they're good in the media, great with corporates. Yeah. And, and Wayne was saying he doesn't need to do this. But the fact that he wants to and he's got this burning desire to do it, and I'll back him to succeed. Has he got a burning a burning desire to do it? Oh, oh, absolutely. He must do. I mean, why would you do it? Well, as I said, he doesn't have to do it. it he, it's not an issue with money. He can make money, you know, doing doing stuff, talking, speaking to corporates, you know, in a lot easier way. So mm. the fact that he's actually decided to stick his head into the furnace in spite of all but of that. I, I, don't think, I, I don't think he has a burning desire to do it. But I also don't think money is a factor for Benji. Benji, like myself, you come from nothing and you don't need anything. You don't money's not a factor for you. Benny Benji rather. Benji, I think, is addicted to the challenge and overcoming the challenge. And you saw him in the Celebrity Apprentice. And and you might be the same, James. You're addicted yeah. to overcoming the challenge. Yeah. The money thing is not the thing. I, I don't believe at all it's a thing for Benji. So he could live this comfortable lifestyle, but he knows in the back of his mind he can always go back to doing that. I, and, and I'm not doubting so why Benji. Do it? Just the challenge. You think that in, that in itself is enough? Benji is addicted to challenges and winning, right? That's what he is addicted to. And the challenge has been put to him and because he's so bloody competitive and he's a winner, he'll do everything he can to do it. But I still don't believe that. My big thing is more around the, the two things that I have an issue with is why do we need to sign him? If he is one the challenge, why do we need to immediately commit to three it's years? It's a PR exercise. They are looking for a good news story and they haven't had one for the 11 years that they haven't been playing yeah. finals football. They've sacked four coaches since Tim Sheens was last in their chair. And they think that finally this is something that we can serve up to fans and they'll find it palatable. Mm, and this okay. is after we've been knocked back by rookie coaches. I yeah. mean, it's embarrassing to the club. Like they have got a shiny new centre of excellence 
they offered Cameron Sorrell our first use of it and a five-year deal. That's a ridiculous proposition for a guy who's, who's never coached at that level before. And he's looked at that and said, you know what? You can keep your job. So they need to do something that the fans will get behind and, and the marketing department has come up with this. If Cameron Serrato coaches somewhere, he doesn't have Ivan Cleary. He doesn't have Andrew Webster. Andrew Webster, the same situation, but both don't have Shane Elford. Having players in the right condition, I don't care what Shane Elford's getting paid at Penrith. If I'm the West Tigers, he is the most important appointment. I'd be dub- du- doubling his salary. The, the rugby, you need to run top eight. Tigers haven't run top eight for 10 years. You need to run 50% of the comp. It is Plotterville. He's the one they need to get. But but Cameron Serraldo also wouldn't have Nathan Cleary or Jerome Woolwai or Liam Martin yeah. or, or James Fisher-Harris. That's that's where, that's the big difference. There's a room and there's an elephant in it, correct? And and uh, our man, the seal, the maestro, he's saying, boys, can we please get to a break? Okay, we'll do that now. Quick, silver, into someone's arms. Okay, why are you playing that, Maestro? Well, why am I playing that? You tell me. Why am I playing that? So this uh, was the number one hit in the year Sheenzy was born. This is the challenge he's got. October 1950. October 1950. Quicksilver by Bing Crosby. This okay. was it called Quicksilver? Quicksilver. Oh, it sounds very Quicksilver. Mm. <laughs> the ghetto blaster. Okay, let's go to... So Justin Matamua has had his debut for the Tigers. What was his uh, song when he was at... Uh, born top of the charts. This is Guy Sebastian's yeah. first big hit after winning Australian Idol. Yeah. Angel's brought me here. Yeah, admittedly. It could have been a greater contrast. Yeah. Yeah, Coolio, yeah. what were you doing at this time? <laughs> <laughs> He's really let us down here, hasn't he? <laughs> Coolio was in Gangster's Paradise. But that, that's, I mean, we're being sort of facetious, but, and, and maybe this is part of the job of Benji and, and Robbie, but this is a challenge that Sheensy has. That's a generational it? gap to bridge. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. that is a big gap. It well, is. How, how does Wayne Bennett straddle it so well, given that he's a year older than Sheensy? But he hasn't mm. been really out of the saddle, has he? Mm. he? He's been, he was coaching in a grand final last year. Yep. You know? I'm just, I'm starting to wonder with Bennett, is the allure still there? There's been a few rejections for the Dolphins where I'm just starting to think, is Wayne Bennett still the draw card for these this next generation of player that, that he was for the previous generation? I think he got dealt a really bad hand. Just how late they left the announcement of the team. Yeah. Most of the, the best marquee players were committed. And it's like to try to sell that to them within, within just a couple of months, not knowing who their teammates are going to be. What do you think was the biggest miss for them? Was it Ponga? Or was it Brendan Smith? Was it Joey Manu? Was it Reese Walsh? Like for mine, I, I thought Ponga was going to be a done deal. Ponga's huge for them because he's so much more marketable. Like in yeah. ways that say Brandon Smith isn't. Yeah. Um, but if you could get him, probably even more so than a Munster. Yeah. Like Munster probably gives you more on the field when they're both switched on. But Ponga, you, like he's got so much upside for the next. Yeah, 10 his years. social media presence is. Let huge. us know on the text line, and there's a heap of texts. And I apologise we haven't got to those, but we've been uh, just fired up today. Uh, this is crunch time. All thanks to Isuzu. Uh, we've got Queensland Cup coming up with Drury Forbes and Ryan Hanson a little bit later on as well.
But um, stay with us right here. Send us a text. Who's been the Dolphins' best signings to now? This is the crunch time with uh, the missile Magnuson. Adrian Prosecco, I'm Joel Kane. Follow Crunch Time on Double. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yeah, it's good to be back, especially when the Crunch Time NRL team have had a win last night in the multi-pane. $6.50. And Scotty Sadler, you've had a couple of wins too. I have, Joshy. Uh, in the state of origin, of course, the rocket bet got up, which is Kalen Pong and Dane Gagai combined for uh, for a try, which, of course, Kalen Pong scored that very important try to take yeah. Queensland out to a, to a lead, 16 points to 12. And then and then I actually went to the Albert Park Greyhounds during the week and had a couple of wins on the Greyhounds as well. So uh, it's been it's been a good week. Yeah, absolutely. How's this? Uh, we'll just touch on the origin quickly because how's this for a near miss? Trevor Gilmeister, uh, he had a yes. rocket bet as well, like like you had. Uh, Harry Grant obviously got over the uh, over the line. Had three hundred people copied that bet, and then of course the disallow try turned over. So three hundred dabblers just uh, you know a little bit upset about that one. And also uh, Chrissy Walker, I think he had a win as well, didn't he? For try scorer through the origin. That's right. Valentine Holmes and Kirk Capwell. Capwell, sorry. Five people copied that too. $20 bet. So, I mean, he's done pretty well, Chris Walker. He's always doing well on the Dabble app. But uh, let's have a look at the Crunch Time team. Obviously, coming off a win last night. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on this one. St. George Illawarra Dragons. They've got the handicap there, plus 9.5. And then you've got Manly Seagulls to win by over 6.5. And then the Brisbane Broncos to win by over six and a half as well. That's playing 5.42. Do you like that one? I don't mind it, actually. And I, I looked at much the same bet today. I think the Dragons-Roosters game is a real difficult one to pick because with Benny Hunt at this stage backing up, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see whether the Roosters can carry that spread of nine and a half. Mm. Now, when Ben Hunt plays, you know, it's a it's a... It's one that can go on each way bet, to be quite honest. So I, yeah. I like that because I looked at it first. So I've tweaked it a little bit. I've Because that game is so difficult, Josh, that, that yeah. Roosters and Dragons game, I'm not willing to carry the spread. I'm not sure what the scoreline's going to be. We don't know whether Ben Hunt is going to play yet or not, definitely. Yeah. So I've gone any time try score a Joey Manu playing in the number six jersey. Uh, Love I've it. Also... I've also gone with Manly covering the spread against the Knights. I know Caelan Pong has been outstanding, but backing up from Origin, I know he's going to be still full of adrenaline. Is it going to be enough to be able to, to one, get the win for Newcastle, but two, are they going to be able to cover that, that spread um, against uh, the Manly Seagulls at four points park? I don't think they can, the Knights. And then the Gold Coast versus Brisbane. Now, Gold Coast haven't got a bad record against Brisbane, but this is looking like it's going to have 20-plus thousand uh, spectators at Seabus Super Stadium uh, tonight. But I think the way the Broncos are going, Adam Reynolds is playing, got some players backing up as well from Origin. Mm. I think they'll be able to cover the six and a half spread pretty pretty easily, the Broncos. So I've gone Joey Manu, the Manly Seagulls to, to cover the, the spread and also uh, the Brisbane Broncos to also get that six and a half spread as well. Absolutely. And of course, as you said, will they back up? I know we all saw the footage of a couple of Queensland players returning to the hotel after <laughs> nights of celebration. So, Ash, you'd be aware of that and how that goes. I don't know how many, how well you back up after a night like that. Do you know what? I, I loved Pat Carrigan's <laughs> text message to Adam Reynolds at 3 o'clock Thursday morning saying, let's go Saturday. <laughs> oh, God, how good is that?
Uh, of course, you can download the Dabble app. You can follow the Crunch Time NRL team. Follow Stats 13. Copy those bets with one click. Go on, have a dabble. Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Big apologies. Steve from Dubbo. Uh, Mark sent the text. Lindsay from Freshwater. Oh, boy, gee, Smithy from Melbourne, Adrian from Dural. Uh, all these text messages coming through, and we've not got them the Tarthra Eagle. Zane, the Warrior-holic. Uh, Sharky's there. Willem Powerfisher's there. Uh, Tim, the tool <laughs> man. Uh, I'm really apologetic. We haven't got to these text messages, but we've had a lot of fun. I hope you've had a lot of fun as well. But we're back at it again next Saturday from noon. Are you on tomorrow, Missile? Yep. Back on from noon. Yep. Crunch, Crunch time, time tomorrow as well. Adrian, outstanding again. We look forward to seeing your articles in the Sydney Morning Herald and our man, the Maestro. But for the listeners, thank you very much. Stay tuned. Two o'clock, massive game coming up on SEN. It is the Roosters taking on the Dragons. Quick tip, boys. Roosters. Roosters by plenty. And the high-performance athlete, Jimmy Smith, calling that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.